Lee Neenheis is an author and passionate Bible teacher. She's a communication specialist for Moms in Prayer International and the host of the Moms in Prayer podcast and the co-host of the Martha and Mary show. And she's our guest today on Perry and Shauna Mornings. We'd love to hear your faith story. How did you meet Jesus? What was that encounter? Mm -hmm. Well, I met Jesus, I think probably when I was five years old at vacation Bible school, I heard the story of Jesus for the first time, but it really didn't begin to click until I was 17. And that's when I was discipled and told not only what Jesus had done, but what he had done for me. And we had a lot of brokenness in our family. So he, my youth pastor at the time, put the word of God in my hand and said, this is what will heal your mind. And mm -hmm. It, it did. You know, I probably had a voracious love for the word. And a few months later, he said, would you like to teach a middle school group? And I said, yep, I'd love to teach a middle school group. But I was like about one day ahead of those students mm. preparing outlines and that kind of thing. And that's when he said, I think you're a Bible teacher. So that's that's kind of my story. So what were some things that you were, when I heard you say your mind, mm -hmm. what were some of the things that were just keeping you in bondage maybe in your mind? I had a lot of striving back there and my parents divorced when I was little, 10 years old. And I just really was looking for healing in that area, you know, left to myself, even at 10 to 17 years old, I made a lot of poor choices that led to the fracturing of mind and body and spirit. And so I was looking to clean up the pathways of the ways of thinking about myself, about God, about what was priority in the world. And so it really was the the word of God that helped me reorient and realize we were created to know and love and bring glory to God. It sounds like you really felt like I'm not wanted. Yeah, I think that or that, you know, if I was smart enough or if I was successful enough or like my older siblings who had it all together or those kinds of things, you know, that, and the, that caused just huge ache in my life because the truth is, is that I would never be enough. And Jesus was going to have to do that for me. And he gifted me and gave me talents that I could use for his glory. And I was off the hook of the results for that. And that, that took a long time. And to be real honest, Perry, it's still taking time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the world would love to put me on that system of strive, strive, strive. When Jesus said, I've done that. And if I, you live for my glory, you're going to find your worth and your meaning there. Yeah, I can relate to that as an achiever, you know, just going after accolades and applause and achievements and success in order to deal with shame in my heart and to, uh, get the verdict, you know, that I'm okay. And it's never enough. No, it just, that leads to a place that feels very hollow. Mm -hmm. And when we exchange our own worth, our own striving and production and what comes out of it to God and just say, Hey, anything that comes out of me is for your glory. Then the burden of responsibility is on him for what he brings about. And we don't get to take credit for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he gives it all, but somewhere deep wrapped in there is fulfillment that we never saw coming, mm -hmm. you know, because he chooses to partner with us in those good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. There's this beautiful 
children's book that is profound. It's by Max Lucado. It's called You Are Special. And when I when kids were little, it was one of my favorites to read to them. But basically, it's about uh, village people, wooden people who would give each other stars and dots based on their performance. If they performed well, they got a star. If they performed poorly, they got a dot. And there's this one unique Wemmick who doesn't have any of these stickers on her. And somebody inquires about why, and she introduces them to Eli, the woodcarver, who shines them up and those those dots and those stars don't stick. You know, that is the reality of being in love relationship with me. He doesn't say, I want you to do well or I want you to do poorly. He just says, come hang out with me. Oh, I love that book too. And I love the idea that the stars and the dots just don't stick to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we may get them. People may try to give them to us, but they don't have to stick and they don't have to define us. I love the good news of Jesus because it's so different from religion. And maybe you're caught up in religion. Maybe you're caught up in, you know, just trying harder to be good enough and to please people and to please God. And that's not the good news of Jesus. The good news of Jesus is that he's already done it for us. Mm -hmm. He lived out the perfect life that we could never live. And he died the death that we do deserve for our sins. But he took our place because he loves us so much. And he rose again to bring us into the Father's smile and the Father's favor and into a new way of living and into a new way of thinking. And that is freedom. Yeah, he invites us in and we fully belong. I don't know why when you were explaining that just now, I was picturing this party and feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to you know, get enough supplies. I need to buy all the stuff. I need to make sure I have the paper goods. I need to invite the people. I need to clean the house. I need to, you know, just feeling all the mm-hmm. stuff that I need to do to get ready for the party. And Jesus goes, hey, I took care of it. Yeah. Just come enjoy the party. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fellowship. Yeah. He invites us into a fellowship, into a relationship where we're loved and when we know that we know that we know that we're loved apart from what we do, then that just that's a game changer, as they say. Come on in and enjoy the party. Lee Neenheis is an author and passionate Bible teacher. She's a communication specialist for Moms in Prayer International, and she's the host of the Moms in Prayer podcast. Tell us what made you start a mom's prayer group, Lee. Well, most moms feel some trepidation, probably even dads too, about sending their kids to public school for the first time, especially if you have a faith-based background or worldview, because we're hearing all the time that our faith is under attack, even in the public school. So I was a little bit nervous about that. And I had chosen to homeschool our family the year before. And I was sitting at the kitchen table one day with my little girl, Lexi. And I said, Lexi, are you excited about going to school tomorrow? And she just looked at me with these great big eyes and she said, yeah, mama, but I sure am going to miss hearing about Jesus. And I just wanted to die. Mm -hmm. I thought, what am I doing? I have made the wrong choice. She should be with me all the time, like glued to me. (laughs) But I know that God had said that he was leading us to put her into this school. And that's when I realized, no, no, wait a minute. It's not your teacher's job to keep you hearing about Jesus. That is my job. And that that's not your teacher's job. And so I just turned her and said, Lexi, that's my job. So when you get out of the minivan in the morning, I will be speaking Jesus over you. And mm-hmm. when you get back into my minivan in the afternoon, I will be speaking Jesus over you. That's the language of our house. And that's our job. And it really did change everything. Mm-hmm. 
So that year you started a Moms in Prayer group. I did. I, like most moms that come to Moms in Prayer, came in afraid. And that's why I wanted to start my group. I knew that that prayer was powerful and effective, but I really didn't know how. And Moms in Prayer offers training that helps you begin praying strategically and systematically and scripturally over your kids and their school. And so I really desired to pray proactively over my kids. And so we started a group and it was so easy. I thought this is going to be really hard, but you know what? God had run in advance of this. I actually just threw it out to some friends. Do you want to pray with me? And 12 friends responded. So we started praying and it's one hour a week. We pray an attribute of God and some scriptures over our kids. And it was unbelievable. Not only my daughter that was in first grade, but my son that was in middle school at the time started to see changes in his school. Mm. And we were partnering with our church at the time and our high school experienced a revival. 13 students gave their lives to Christ for the first time. And I mean, tens of students started to rededicate their life to Christ. And in a school with only 350 students, it became quite noticeable that God was on the move. And and I really know that it came back down to that we had said yes to God, that we would pray and intercede for our students. And it started with a mom's fear. And Lee Nienheis is with us for Moms in Prayer, and, and, and God began to do a revival. This is This happened right here in West Michigan, Mm -hmm. and we're going to hear more about how that revival unfolded and how it's still having impact today. This wasn't that many years ago, but this is an incredible ministry, momsinprayer.org. Just the simple idea, hey, let's pray for our kids. Mm -hmm. Let's pray for their teachers. Let's pray for their school, and let's see what God will do. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to be a part of Moms in Prayer. There's an event that's happening actually right here in West Michigan in Holland. It's Saturday, October 9th from 9 to 3.30 at Central Wesleyan Church. And you can get all the information you need at momsinprayer.org slash events. That's momsinprayer.org slash events. Our guest this morning is Lee Nienheis. She's an author and passionate Bible teacher. She's the communication specialist for Moms in Prayer International and the host of the Moms in Prayer podcast. Lee invited some other moms to start praying with her for their kids and their kids at school, and God started doing some incredible things. Thirteen students gave their hearts to Jesus for the very first time. Christ followers were renewed in their faith. I'm telling you, it was a modern-day revival right in their little community. What was the spark that started that revival? Prayer was underneath it all, but what happened in a student's life or at school one day or what have you? I can tell you exactly what happened. Actually, our youth pastor came to me and said, hey, Lee, our students are non-responsive right now. They come to youth group and it feels like they want to be entertained. They check out during the messages. They don't seem very respectful. And I said, you know, Ryan, I, I don't know what to do. But last summer I studied revival. And what I know is that if we want to see a fresh working of the spirit, we will pray. And I said, my mom's in prayer group will commit to praying with you. But I suggest that you pray too. And 
And he actually shut down youth group and said, you guys, I'm just not going to entertain anymore. If you want to come pray for your peers and for yourself, we're going to do this for the next three weeks. And so a group of students, a smaller group came together and began to pray as well for their peers, for themselves, that they would love the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And three weeks later, out of that, I think our youth pastor started giving the gospel message at youth group and kids started responding and bringing their friends. So the kids who were who were in the group, some of them just really surrendered their lives to Jesus, but they were also asking friends to come. Absolutely. They were began to understand that their friends had spiritual needs and that those would be met in Jesus. Like the best thing and most loving thing that they could do is not just hang out on the weekends, but that they could actually share faith with them or bring them to a place where someone was equipped to share the gospel with them. And we actually took them through how to share the gospel with your friends as well and basic evangelism. But but they began to to pray for their friends. Actually, they started a prayer group that year inside the public school. Our students formed a group before school every single day, circled up before the day began and began to pray for each other and for their day. And out of that group, which continues to this day, even through COVID, the students have met. And that was actually eight years ago that that group began and students are still praying in that school every morning before the bell rings. Was there any student who came, who started following Jesus, which just blew everybody's mind? No way. Not that person. Oh, yeah. I can think of one that actually was living a lifestyle with same-sex attraction, and that's what he was known for. And his life changed so dramatically. And he just said, I'm going to surrender every area of Mm -hmm. my life to the Lord. And he is still living for the Lord today. And he's, he struggles, but he's walking hand in hand with Jesus. And he understands the most important and defining thing about him is his relationship with Christ. Mm, That's beautiful. Lenin Heiss, man, think about it. Equipping your kids to share the good news with their, you know, fellow students and getting together with other moms to pray for your kids so that awakening happens at your school. This is what Moms in Prayer is all about. And this this happened, this revival happened that, that Lee has been talking about right here in Little O, West Michigan. I've definitely had experiences with my kids growing up where there was a kid in their class or on the playground that was just a stinker, you know, that just caused all kinds of trouble for my kid. You know, one of my kids was bullied mm. in second grade. Mm-hmm. Another was bullied in sixth grade. Uh, that would looked very different. You know, a sixth grade girl bullying another sixth grade girl is about one of the ugliest things that you can see go down. Um, but I'm telling you, it's easy as a mom to go with that little stinker. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. what if, what if we started praying for all the little stinkers in our kids' classrooms, the one that just wreak havoc and you're like that kid, you know, we started praying for God to reach that kid. Mm. Yeah. And if you want to be inspired to pray for that kid and those kids and that school and those precious teachers, there's an event coming up. It's called Awaken Hope. It's in Holland, Saturday, October 9th. Lee Nienheis, who's with us today, she's going to be one of the speakers. It's at Central Wesleyan Church. There's going to be worship. There's going to be incredible Bible teaching. And there's going to be prayer for kids, and it'll be inspiring, we think. So go to 
momsinprayer.org slash events to find out more. momsinprayer.org slash events. Lee, tell us about your friends in Haiti who are praying for their community. Oh, this is great. One of my greatest joys is having a deep relationship with women's and children's directors in Haiti. And we every year go down and ask the same question. How did God show up this year in your ministry year after year after year? And so these are my friends. Now we spend a couple of weeks together every year. And last year we went down and we do, you know, we call it the glory bowl, basically where we sit around as churches and we boast about what God has done in our midst. And last year they said, us, you would never believe this, but we did a, a lock-in, and it's not unusual for my Haitian sisters in Christ to pray all night long. So they mm. lock themselves in the church so that they're safe, and they pray for their communities and for their families and for God's provision in their lives. And they were in a church area that is not very safe, and so it was great they were locked in, but together they were praying for their community when they just really felt like the Spirit had said to them, go outside. And so they went outside, they went to the door of the church and they opened the door and walked outside and they were surrounded by a local gang. And my friends told me that, um, they walked outside and they put their hands in the air because the gang that was around them had guns and then they were actually fired upon and no bullets hit them. Mm. And they walked back calmly into the church and began to pray again and they had left the door unlocked and that two gang members followed them inside and said that it was a miracle. And those gang members gave their lives to Christ. So here's what happens when you start praying. Not only are you asking God the right questions, right? Like, show me what you want me to know and what you want me to see. But you start to look for those things as well. How did you start to see God showing up? Well, every week in a Moms and Prayer group, we pray with thanksgiving. It's a very specific looking for ways that God has answered your prayers. For example, I would pray at the beginning of the school year that my son Ryan would bond with his teacher. And we didn't know if this teacher was a believer or not, but we knew that there needed to be a relationship because every every day that I drive him to school, I pray with him that he would be a light and that he would win his teacher to the Lord. And a lot of people mm-hmm. think can 6-year-olds or 7-year-olds mm-hmm have an impact on teachers, but they can. And Mm -hmm. so my son, Ryan, came home at the beginning of last year and he said, I was in the middle of the hallway and it was just me and my teacher and my teacher wadded up a piece of paper and threw it at me. And you know what I did? I turned around and wadded up a piece of paper and threw it back at him. And we had a paper war in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And my son thought that was so funny. But what I realized is that God was hearing my prayers Mm -hmm. for my child, that he would begin to have a special relationship with his teacher. And you know what, you guys, that If you're not asking specifically, and if you're not watching for the answers, you might miss them. Did anything happen in terms of faith with his teacher? Actually, we have seen that teacher begin to take faith steps. Our students invite their teachers to what Moms in Prayer calls Bless Our School Sunday. Around the world, groups are gathering with their churches to pray for public schools, and our teachers are invited by our students to come because we want to pray over them. And his teacher came 
And so it was just such a great opportunity. But you know what? I have a a teacher in our lives that I have in mind here at a local school, and both of my younger two kids had her. And she's not a believer. And at times she was kind of antagonistic to the gospel. And my daughter said to her teacher, do you know Jesus? And her teacher said back, well, not personally. And my daughter, Lexi, said, well, we're going to need to work on that. Oh, my. (laughs) We realized as a family that over the course of the two years that we had this teacher, that we had prayed as a family over 250 times that that teacher would come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord and use us as lights in her life. And that's not glory to us. That's just the power of passion for the lives of the people that you're around. It's a simple idea. Moms getting together to pray for their kids, for their schools, for their teachers, and equipping their kids to share the faith. That's Lee Nienheis of Moms in Prayer. It's it's a simple idea with powerful results because God hears our prayers. 